0: Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. In the last episode, I mentioned a big announcement. Unfortunately, the big announcement is going to have to wait. But would you settle for a fun one instead? The Untold Podcast now has its very own forum. We're hosted on the Christian Geek Central forums, and there's now a link on our main page. And with this new forum, we've decided to declare August Beowulf Month. All month long, we'll be looking at this ancient speculative poem and the many movies, books, and comics that have resulted from this epic tale. There's plenty of ways to get involved, so head over to our brand new forums. Well, our story this month was written by Jason Brannan. Jason Brannan is the author of The Cage, The Maze, The Misunderstood and Other Misfit Horrors, the Crypto Squat series, co-written with Eric S. Brown, and many others. His works have been translated into German by Basilisk Verlag, nominated for an award here and there, and optioned for film. When not writing about the darkness that permeates this world, he also enjoys comics, video games, and any kind of music featuring a loud guitar. He maintains a website at www.jasonbrannon.us, where you can also follow his blog. Just head over to the show notes for the details. Horror fans should really go check out his work, because Jason Brannon really approaches the genre with a unique perspective. I'm fast becoming a fan. Stick around after the show to find out how you can win a copy of his newest book, The Maze, and become one of the characters in his upcoming sequel to The Maze. So now, The Untold Podcast is proud to present The Fourth Key by Jason Brannon. Jacob happily accepted the ring of keys from the real estate agent and handed them to Gina. He was glad to see her smiling for the first time in a long time. Neither of them thought they would ever live to see this day. It's ours, she said. It all seems like a dream. Jacob hugged her tightly and kissed the top of her head. Well, technically it belongs to the bank, he joked. It won't be ours for thirty more years. The real estate agent smiled at the couple and pointed to each of the keys in Gina's hands. Let's get this over with so you two can begin enjoying your new house. This key fits the front door. This next one goes to the garage. The red one goes to the back door. What about the fourth key? Jacob asked. What does it fit? The realtor looked puzzled. To be honest, I'm not sure what door it goes to. There are always a few keys like this on every ring, though. They've been there so long that nobody knows what they unlock anymore. Maybe it's the old owner's car key, or a key to a safe deposit box. I'm pretty sure it doesn't go to anything in the house. As far as I know, there aren't any more doors that have locks. That should have been the end of the discussion right then and there. In fact, it was the end of it for quite a while. Thinking no more about it, Jacob and Gina celebrated that night with a candlelit dinner on the floor of the massive living room. They finished up in the sleeping bag they were using in lieu of a bed. Their lives couldn't have been any more perfect at that point. They were in love. They had just bought their first house. Their entire lives were ahead of them. But a few days later, Gina started sleepwalking. And that changed everything. She had always been a sound sleeper. As long as Jacob had been married to her, she had never even talked in her sleep, much less taken midnight strolls. When Jacob awoke to find Gina's half of the bed empty, he thought that she might have gone to the bathroom, but he began to worry after five minutes had passed. He climbed out of the bed with a groan and went in search of her. He found her in the hallway, her sheer Diaphanous gown clung to her sweat-soaked body. Her eyes were closed as if in a prayer. Her hand clutched the ring of keys to the house, and she was oblivious to it all. Calmly and gently, he took her hand and led her back to bed. They slept through the rest of the night without incident. The next morning, Jacob was reluctant to mention what had happened, and then decided not to keep the secret when Gina started complaining of a headache. You didn't sleep well last night, he told her. You went sleepwalking. Gina laid down the spatula she had been using to scramble eggs. Are you serious? Jacob nodded. Where did I go? What was I doing? I don't remember any of that. You were walking down the hall. You had a death grip on the house keys. You never even knew when I grabbed your hand. I led you back to bed and you climbed beneath the sheets like you knew exactly where you were and what you were doing. Did I say anything? Gina asked, a little concerned. Nothing, Jacob said, putting his arms around his wife and hugging her close to him. Relax and try not to worry about it. It will just take a while to get used to this old house. We've been putting in a lot of long hours. You're probably just tired. Forget about it. Coming. It was easier said than done, especially when she did the very same thing the next night. This time, it was Gina's muttering that woke Jacob. He opened his eyes, just in time to see his wife sliding out of bed. I'm coming, I'm coming, she grumbled as if calling out to a visitor at the front door. At first, he wasn't convinced she was asleep. Then she stepped in front of a window. A thin line of drool glistened on one corner of her mouth. Jacob quickly realized this was no prank. He quietly followed her down the hallway and into the kitchen, where she made a quick detour to get the keys. It was uncanny how well she could navigate the unfamiliar house with her eyes closed. Yet she moved around boxes and through doorways as if the place was perfectly lit and her eyes were wide open. It was strange enough that she had walked in her sleep two nights in a row, But it was even stranger that she had gone for the keys on both occasions. Jacob remembered the one key on the ring that had no discernible purpose. He wondered if Gina knew what door the key fit on some subconscious level. He decided to hold back and see what she did next. I'm coming, she murmured again. She stopped in front of the door to the walking closet. I'm coming, she said as she pushed the unknown key into the lock. He knew for a fact there hadn't been a lock on that door earlier. The realtor had made a point of going through the entire house to make sure that the fourth key didn't fit anything important. The closet door was one of the first ones she had tried. Maybe he had watched too many movies or read too many books, but he knew that something unnatural was waiting on the other side of the door, something that could be potentially threatening to Gina. No! He screamed as Gina turned the doorknob. Immediately, she woke up, confused and scared. J-, j jacob she said, releasing her grip on the door. Where am I? What-what's going on? Jacob ran to his wife and hugged her tightly. You were sleepwalking again, he said. Let's go back to bed. Gina looked at the door she had been about to open and the keys that she now held in her hand. What was I doing? I was trying to unlock a door that didn't even have a place for a key. (sighs) I don't know, Jacob was quick to say, snatching the key ring. You must have been having some sort of dream. Let's just go back to bed. Once there, Gina went back to sleep easily enough. But Jacob wasn't as fortunate. He kept wondering what might have been behind the door. Eventually, that curiosity was enough to push him out of bed and into the hallway. The closet door was closed up tight like the lid on a tomb. He put his hand on the knob and stopped. Confirming what he knew to be true, there wasn't a place to insert a key, nor was there any sort of lock so far as he could tell. Jacob wondered if he had been dreaming along with Gina when he saw her insert the key. Maybe they had been sleepwalking together. Gritting his teeth, he turned the doorknob a quarter turn, braced himself, and then turned it the rest of the way. The door swung open on its hinges, revealing a stack of boxes they hadn't unpacked yet. Nothing menacing crouched in wait for him as he had expected. He turned the closet light on to confirm it. The closet contained exactly what he knew it would. Weary from the night's adventures, Jacob plodded back to bed. Gina was sleeping soundly. Intent on getting at least an hour or two of sleep, he pulled back the covers and froze. There... In Gina's left hand was the set of keys. After putting the keys back on their hook in the kitchen, Jacob pulled the covers up to his neck and tried to think of some reasonable explanation for it all. Gina must have gotten out of bed again while he was exploring the hall closet. That was the only possibility. But why? What was so special about those keys? Why were they so acutely embedded in her subconscious? Even as the questions formed in his mind, Jacob knew that three out of the four keys weren't important. It was that fourth key, the one that unlocked the unknown door that was important to Gina. Jacob made a decision to get rid of the key first thing in the morning. In the meantime, he put his arms around Gina and held her close. This was partly for the feeling of comfort she provided. It was also to make sure she didn't get up and walk out on him again. He felt her pull away from him a few minutes before dawn. Sunlight was just beginning to creep into the room, stretching Gina's shadow as she walked in front of the window. Despite the disorientation of half-sleep, it only took him a second to realize that she was gone again. A slap to the face couldn't have roused him any better. "'Gina!' he shouted, hoping to wake her before she made it to the closet. But something had a hold on Gina and was blocking out his words to her. She had already gotten the keys out of the kitchen again and was inserting the fourth key into the lock that hadn't been there before when Jacob found her. This time, she didn't hesitate. She turned the key and opened the door. "'I'm coming!' She whispered. The moving boxes weren't there like before. Instead, there was a great dark void like the vast expanse of space. Only there were no stars to mar the otherwise perfect blackness, just a menacing laugh that resounded from the recesses of the boy. <laughs> Someone whispered in a voice that resembled the chatter of a pack of laughing hyenas. That sound made Jacob go numb and cold. Without qualm, Gina obeyed, stepping into the darkness. She looked over her shoulder once, before the darkness swallowed her whole. No! Jacob screamed as his wife disappeared. The door slammed shut behind her. Jacob could have sworn that Gina woke up the minute she glanced over her shoulder at him. The look in her eyes was one of confusion and fear and an expectation of pain. He ran to the door and opened it to find the same dirty moving boxes that had been there to start with. There was no sign of Gina. What was worse, she had taken the keys with her, leaving Jacob with no way to go after her. He must have searched the house 50 times or more that day, hoping that Gina would show up. She never did. Sometimes at night, as he lay there crying and hoping his wife would come back to him, he imagined that he could hear the soft sound of weeping. The thing that disturbed him the most was that he knew his imagination had nothing to do with it. In his preface to the Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis wrote, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors, and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. Jacob certainly fell into the former of these two errors with dire consequences. His story is horrifying because he had an inclination to take action, but in his procrastination, he lost his wife. Chilling stuff. If you like this month's story, go pick up a copy of Jason Brannon's short story compilation, The Misunderstood and Other Misfit Horrors, which features this and other stories. Also, head over to our show notes and enter into our contest to win a copy of Brannon's novel, The Maze, and to have a character in The Piper Song, the sequel to The Maze, named after you. Be sure to check out our new form and participate in Beowulf Month. Also, follow us on our Twitter feed at Untold Podcast and Facebook page over at facebook.com/untoldpodcast. And if you like the show, please blog about it, share it on social media, or listen to it with a friend. So, until next time, I leave you with my favorite line from the story. The thing that disturbed him the most was that he knew his imagination had nothing to do with it.